Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman Woo! here with you on a Tuesday morning. We are glad to be with you. As always, thanks for listening to the podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts at supertalk.fm or wherever you're getting those podcasts from. We appreciate that. All of our listeners out there, especially the servicemen and women who protect us across the world. We want to thank our sponsor, Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Today is not hot, but it feels like it wants to be hot. Does that make sense? Well, I think that according to our uh, good friends at WTVA News, uh, as I... Uh-oh. Had had them oh. on last night after, uh, well, they they were on the television after. Uh, mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Yes. Uh, for the record, I'm a Dolphins fan. Didn't care who won that game last right. night. Actually, I, if I was rooting, I would have rooted for the guy that wore maroon and white once. I'm just, I'm I'll just fight saying. you. I'm just saying. Okay. But anyway, uh, after that game, WTVA was on, and and they said that uh, seemed like we we're going to be threatening some record highs all week. You know. Uh, that's so gross. Uh, it's just gross. You know, just October. You know, who 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 would think it would be cool in October? You know? <laughs> that was foolish of us to think. Well, in that case, you need to stick with the the frozen hot chocolate, the ice cream at Churn and Spoon. Keep those things coming your way, and try to keep cool this incredibly warm autumn that we seem to be having here uh, in Central Mississippi. Credit to my beautiful wife, though, as we watched that weather report. Mm-hmm. You know how everybody's like, "Oh, it's hotter than it's ever been." Mm-hmm. And they were like showing the record highs for the upcoming days, mm-hmm. and she was like, "The record highs were in the 30s. It was hot then too." Yeah, like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> like here we are. That some, was before air conditioning. Some hundred years later, and guess what? It's still hot. So it happens. It does happen. All but right, churn and spoon ice cream can cool you down. <laughs> it will cool you down. Uh, let's see what we got today. We've got a good show. SEC picks. Plus today is uh, like I said during the, this week with the bye week. We're going to talk about some of the other sports that are about to be kicking off, or maybe not about to be kicking off, but we just want to talk some baseball. We'll do that. But today is men's basketball. We have a men's basketball availability with Ben Hallen on Thursday. So we'll give you just – not this won't be the season preview. Maybe just some, a few questions we want to talk about. And speaking of questions, that's our first topic today, Joel. Here's what I'm going to give you. Here's my question to you. If I could grant you the power – to fix one thing. Now, here's the thing. I don't want you to it's not it's not oh, well, you know, Jeffrey Simmons comes back. It's not something that can't happen. Something that is fixable. Something that is doable. Something that you have that power to fix. One issue with this Mississippi State football team. What would be the if I said you can only do fix one thing, what would it be? Something that is absolutely doable? Absolutely doable. So, I, I you're not telling me to be a genie and take away Tudor Gate. Right. Uh, ooh, I wish you'd let me do this for homework so I could have thought on this. I want, I want that, that real gut answer. Um, I, do you, I don't want your answer yet because I don't want to copy yours. Very good. But do you have an answer No, yet? not yet. I'm going to listen to yours first, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't... I think that the fact that I'm thinking about this shows that there is no easy fix. There is no one thing you can do. Uh, it's not that State is, doesn't have the talent to be a, a really, you know, to be a good football team, but, I mean, it'd have to be something defensively because the defense is, what, 12th in the SEC, I believe. I mean, but what what's one little button that I could push there to improve that? Uh, I guess blitz more. Okay. 
You know, I, I don't do something to create more pressure on the quarterbacks. I, I don't. I, I'm just throwing out stuff at this juncture to. I don't. I don't know what the answer is, but it needs to be something. Because I think, would you agree that offensively, I'm not saying state's perfect, but with particularly with the way Garrett has played the last couple of games, if you know, assuming he stays in there, what Kylan has done for he didn't really do it at Auburn, but he's done it for most of the year. You feel like offensively, not that you're great, but you can win football games with that offense, I think. I agree. So you've got to get better defensively. And if I can't be the genie and take away Tudor Gate, and mm-hmm. I can't be a magician and bring back Simmons and Sweat and Abram, mm-hmm. all I know to do is to create chaos defensively and just be aggressive. Mm-hmm. And blitz the crap out of QBs, and if they beat you, they beat you kind of thing. I, so I, I guess... And I don't know if it's the right answer. I don't know if it's a great answer. But if I'm pushing any button, it had to be something to improve the defense. And for me, improving the defense starts with making sure that you try and make the quarterback – either get to the quarterback or make him make bad decisions. So I guess that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm pulling out all the stops to make sure I'm getting pressure. Um, I don't know if that's a great answer. But given the options that I feel I have, that may be the only answer for me. My first thought is, obviously, you're right. The defense has to be where we go with this. You know, offensively, they're okay. You know, it's not great. Not great, but they're they're okay. I mean, Auburn's defense is really really good. You know, you couldn't have. I had the game as what twenty eight seventeen, so they scored more than I thought they would. Now, granted, one of that was in complete garbage time, but even then, I could have seen a twenty eight ten game with a seven with the, the last touchdown coming in garbage time. Auburn's defense is good. The defense is is the issue. What about this thought? If you said what's the what's the, the who's the weakest link on the defense to me, it's CJ Morgan. He's just not playing well. And that's it's surprising. He played pretty well last year in relief. But he's not playing well. I'm going to a four three. I'm putting Tim Washington on the field instead of CJ Morgan. I'm gonna move I'm gonna move Brian Cole that's to free, free safety. I'm gonna put Landrews at strong safety or, or either one. You can mix, mix, mix and match there. And I'm gonna I'm gonna run a four three defense, because you're so you're not you're just not good against the run. You, you need another big body in there, I think, or maybe even go to a three four. If your problem is if your problem is your two defensive tackles in the middle of the problem, take one of them off the field and put another linebacker out there who might be you know. We talked about the linebacker depth. Brule could he play there? I don't know. I don't know, but it seems like they they need to switch something up defensively. Now, obviously, I don't know as much as Bob Bob Stoops. I'm sorry, Bob Shoop does, but that's just the first thing that occurs to me that if if one of the wink links in the secondary is the secondary or is in the secondary, I should say, and you're running a four two five, it seems like that's a pretty easy fix to switch to a four three and get that guy out and 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 shuffle everybody else around. I think you could do that. All right. Well, let me ask you this: Why do you think Shoop hadn't done that? I think the biggest reason is Willie Gay's not there. I think he would do it if Willie Gay was available. And I wouldn't be surprised. You might see a little bit more of it, to be totally honest with you, in the three games remaining that Willie Gay can play in. Um, and a 3-4 would make a lot of sense with Autry. You, you could go Autry, Thompson and Leo on the inside, and Willie Gay and somebody else on the outside. That would make a lot more sense to me. But that, that's, that's just the first thing that pops in my head. Is there a change offensively if I said you had to make an offensive change? I really don't think it is. 
I mean, the the button press here is, you know, get some more stickum or something on Stephen Gidry's hands, maybe. I, I don't I don't know what the, you, you know, I, I don't know what else you could do, offensively. I mean, Colin Hill's getting a ton of carries. <laughs> it's not it's not like that's an issue. Um, the check with me thing that we discussed yesterday, eliminating that crap. Oh, I, I playing with tempo would might be a smart move. You know, because you've got a, a running quarterback, so some quick plays to just real quick, hey, I'm going to go up the middle, would work, I would think. I think you're good enough on the offensive line to make that kind of stuff work. I, I have never understood why, in this day and age of college football, you know, I always talk about sometimes how you, if you do what other people aren't doing, you can have an advantage sometimes, but I don't think playing slow is gives anybody an advantage. I don't think taking the clock down to the 10, 8, 9 seconds every time gives gives an issue any kind of, of advantage. So maybe playing with some more tempo would be that answer. Possibly, yeah. Uh, but other than that, I mean, nothing nothing really jumps out to me, that, that any change that you could make there. Um, is there anybody you could go to more? You know, is, is tight ends getting involved enough? I mean, Frog Green had a career game. He had a career game, he did. Uh, uh, I'd like to see Kylan Hill a little bit more involved. He had a couple of catches on Saturday night. That's the other thing with Kylan is I wish they would they would do more to get him in space. So much of his his work is right up the middle. Very little of it seems to like try to get him to the edge. He can bounce to the edge. He can do it, but he just getting him the play going one direction. That's one thing State doesn't do. They don't do a lot of misdirection either. You know, not a lot of flow one way and then cut back. It just it doesn't happen. That's kind of what they did against Auburn last year, right? Yeah, a lot it of misdirection was. stuff. And, and you know, you look at the big play for Farad. Think about that play. The reason it was so wide open is State's never run it. How many plays have you seen where State's rolled the quarterback out? They don't do they don't do it a lot. They just don't. And when they do, it's usually just like a short dump off out there in the flat for Farad to leak out into the into you know into the you know, deeper into the secondary like that. State doesn't do that a whole lot, and that's why it worked. So I mean. It's just it is very frustrating to talk about this offense when you hired a coach who was supposed to be offensively, you know, a genius, a guru, a savant, whatever word has been used to describe him, and you just don't see it. At least, you know, with Kroom, and I, I'm not I'm not gonna jump on this, he's the same as Kroom. I'm not gonna do that. But Kroom's offense didn't work because he wanted to install an NFL offense at the college level. So you have, you know, what how many hours a week do you get to practice? Eighteen? NFL guys work 12, 13 hours a day, six days a week, and then they play their game on, you know, even when they're not practicing, they're up there watching film. So the, the, to think that you could bring an NFL playbook to college was stupidity of the highest order. That's not what's happening here. But the offense is, it's very, it, one dimensional is not the right word because, they, I mean, they, they balance the run They've been in the pretty past. Balanced, and, they, sure. and it's been more balanced this year. And there have been some opportunities in the passing game. Stevens was able to take advantage of them. Schrader has taken advantage of some. He missed some on Saturday night, for sure. But balance isn't the issue. It's just, it just feels very conservative. It doesn't feel like it's a, an innovative offense at all. I think I brought this up last week. It, it doesn't feel like I'm watching anything special. And I'm not saying I want to be entertained. I'm just saying that from my vantage point, it looks like what State does is run up the middle and run play-action passes. And then that's pretty much it. And so I'm, you know, I'm wondering where is the innovation? Where, you know, 
Why can they not get plays going out wide? You know, they have that. They do have that one play, the, the little fake toss. They, they, they both. It looks like a, like an old school veer option, to be totally honest. They, they run the fake toss, and then but I haven't seen him toss it once. He's kept it every time. Now, then part of that is because nobody want, nobody's going to let Kylan Hill beat them. And, you know, that might change in the next couple of weeks. There might be like, look, we've got a key on the quarterback and see what happens out there with, with Kylan Hill. But the offense is just very, very blah. It's blah. That's the only word I have to describe it, I think. Is that limited by the coach or is that limited by the personnel? It's got to be the coach at this point, right? Because now we're talking about three different quarterbacks. Even with Stevens out there, it was the same. So Fitzgerald, Stevens, and Trader, all, they're all just running the same stuff. But didn't we, going back several weeks now, didn't we kind of praise that the off, how the offense was looking through the first couple games? I mean, I know it was, well, it was I more given the opponent. It was definitely more efficient, but it was basically the same plays. And against a team like Auburn, you can't just go out there and do the same stuff. So we're right back to where we've been for, I guess, a year and a half now. Does this more hit offensive style work in the SEC? That's where we're at. That's here. that is where we are. And right now, against the really good opponents in the SEC, the answer is no. Right. <laughs> I mean, and the the, I guess maybe the the one time you could kind of say it sort of did was last year against Auburn, but even then, that was kind of unmoorhead like. He made that, a big change that game plan. Something and we ne- and, and we haven't seen it since. To it. Yeah, that was more of a. Uh, I about said more of a Mullinez scheme to just pound, pound, pound. Is that fair? I don't. Well, know. but it, it used more misdirection and it got out wide. You know, even Mullen just liked to basically run it up the middle. You know, Mullen. What made Mullen's offense difference was the short passing game. Yeah, the, the the quick screens, the quick throws to the receivers. You know, that that's not in this offense really either. You know, when have you ever seen the whole take the snap? turn and fire to a guy and you're trying to create a mismatch out there on the perimeter. You don't ever see that with this offense. So there's just so many questions about it. And like I said, with 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 Moorhead, the way he was presented to Mississippi State fans and what you you were sold on him as hasn't really come to fruition 18 games into his career. You know, yeah, they put up some big numbers against terrible teams. You know, yeah, they they put up big numbers against you know Louisiana and Stephen F. Stephen Austin. F. Austin and, and Ole Miss and Arkansas, who just defensively were really really bad a season ago. But against any quality, even you know the the wins last year, you know yeah you rush you you rush for big numbers against our, our Auburn last year, but you were really one dimensional. You had a that's a, it. I, when you A and M was probably your best offensive game, and even then you only scored twenty eight points. Yeah, I like like the Auburn game though. Sometimes I'm okay with being one dimensional when something's working. Just keep doing it. You yeah. Know? Uh, <laughs> oh, I don't have a problem with being one-dimensional, but they scored 23 points. Yeah. You know, yards are great. Points are what matter. And that's what, that's the one thing you haven't seen. You look at the look at the SEC scores in the, for this offense so far. All right? Seven, six, three. I'm sorry, 23, three, 28, zero. Then you have the two big games, 52 and 35 with Ole Miss and Arkansas. And then this year, 28 and 23 with a, with a garbage time touchdown. They haven't cracked 30 yet, except for those, you know. I, I mean, I, I'm not trying to put an asterisk on those games because you, you had to score the points, but 
we, we were all willing to admit that Arkansas and Ole Miss defensively are train wrecks last year. You know, against any defense with a pulse, 28 has been the ceiling. So what do you have to do to fix that? What do you have to do to get the offense going the right direction? That's the question I don't have the answer to. You know, because you've tried two different quarterbacks this year. You, you, you feel like you've improved at the receiver position. Mitchell's taken a step forward. Dedrick Thomas has been solid. Uh, you feel like you know you, your tight ends are better this year. The offensive line is plenty good. You've got Kylan Hill. Where, where is it going? What, do you, what, what, is it, what are you lacking? That's the question. What are you lacking? Because if you're not, if you don't have it this year, I don't know when you're going to get it. Well, I mean, if the answer here, you know, no duh, Joel. If the answer here is that this offense doesn't work against elite SEC defenses, then the question is just how how much longer is Joe Moorhead here, right? Right. I mean, I, I'm not trying to say he should be fired. I'm not going down that road. But if it becomes a pain, you know, if two years into this thing, if we get to the end of this year, and he he doesn't. There's still no you know obvious improvement against elite defenses. Kind of like you said, when's that improvement going to come? I mean, do you just keep you know pounding your head against a brick wall and hope eventually the brick wall falls? I I don't know what you do. Um, yeah. So I, I I don't know. We'll see. I don't know what the answer is. If if we did, then you and I would make three. We make three million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's switch gears. Let's talk some uh, some men's basketball. Like I said, with the bye week, I do want to hit on some of these other sports. Uh, we'll meet with Ben Howland on uh, on Thursday. Thursday. Were we just meeting with Ben Howland? I think it's both. Well, I know what I'm saying from like oh, men's are basketball. We, are we meeting with It players? just said Ben Howland, right? Uh, I'm pulling up the message as we speak. I'm pretty sure it just said we're meeting with Howland, which if, if that's the case to me, Joel, It just says Howland will follow. Yes. Yeah, because it, it does say that we're meeting with Dan Barry along with Schaefer, yes, right? Yes, that's what it says. So... That's a disappointment because we have not had a chance to speak to to Reggie Perry since he was part of that uh, FIBA team that that won a gold medal and he was one of the top players. We haven't had a chance to speak to him. That feels like a missed opportunity for me, but whatever. Um, yeah, it's. <laughs> I mean, that that would be. Yeah, why would why are you not putting that guy that, out? That there? would be some good promo material yeah. for the university. You would yeah, think, you to, think to put the face of. Because he's your the face, he's of, the your face team of the program now. now. Um, yeah, to to put him out there and look, maybe they bring him. I'm not saying they won't, but he was not. They didn't tell us they were going to bring him if they bring him. I agree. So, all right, uh, but let's talk about this team. A- answer this question. Fair statement. Fair or foul. One through five isn't the problem. Six, seven, eight, nine is is the question. Totally for this fair. Team. Yeah. Totally fair. Like if you right now your starting lineup is Nick Weatherspoon, which you know will be after non conference play. Uh, Tyson Carter, Robert Woodard, Reggie Perry, Abdul Adu. That is a very good SEC starting lineup. You got scoring, you got plenty of defense, you got rebounding, you got a couple, you got two or three guys that can handle. I feel good about letting Woodard handle. That's fine. But you have no idea who is off the bench right now. Mm-mm. It's going to be a couple of the freshmen. It's going to be, you know, what does uh, Prince Aduro give you? Uh, it's going to be, you know, does Keyshawn Fazell take a step forward? Big questions. The big question is depth for this team. Depth is the difference between this team going to the tournament and not. Yeah, and and you could say this for any team pretty much ever, but State can't afford anybody to go down this year, any of the, that top five, particularly Perry. Perry gets hurt. Perry's out for any length of time. What do you do then? You drop from that production down to what? 
Fizzell? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no offense to Keyshawn Fizzell, but I don't I don't think that he is exactly a, a guy that starts for Mississippi State and then you get to the tournament. Uh, beyond that, you're right. It's a humongous concern. Um, and, and early on, I guess, elephant in the room kind of deal. I mean, I, when we meet with Ben Island on Thursday, this question will be asked, but I don't expect any kind of official confirmation on it. Uh, the Nick Weatherspoon thing. Yeah. I mean, for the first half of the season, I guess, who's your point guard? Yeah. Tyson Carter, I guess? I think so, yeah. I mean, I mean, Tyson can run the point, but I don't know if that's his best spot to be. Right. I, I mean, he, he can do it. Is it uh, Iverson Molinar? Maybe. Is it, or Devin Butts, one of the true freshmen? I mean, honestly. I will say Tyson is better equipped now as a fixing-to-be senior to run the point than he was two or three years ago. Like, he's – he has shown the a, a more diverse skill set. Like, he can drive to the rim, and, and he, he's not just a pull-up-and-shoot guy kind of deal now. So What you what you may end up having there is something that sort of helps you. We're, we, in that – in these non-conference games, to be able to play these other guys to get them experience is going to help out a lot in January when Nick comes back. So – it could end up being a little bit of a blessing in disguise because I think even without Nick, you feel good about you know coming out of that non-conference slate with no more than two or three losses. And you're probably going to drop a couple, especially if you end up playing like a Villanova or somebody in that in that uh, tournament out there. Is it in Myrtle Beach or Hilton Head? Where is it? Do you know? I forget. It's 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 out that way. It's it's, it's out there. Somewhere. It's on the Atlantic coast somewhere, somewhere between South Carolina and England is where that tournament's going to be played. <laughs> if only we had a device. We have one. You can look that up. Um, and, and Molinar is a guy that I think they're very high on. I think they're high on Elias King, but the, he's, the, he's the freshman that – it's interesting. He might have the – he has the highest recruiting profile. But being that, you know, in the, as a wing, he's like the guy that might end up being sort of the odd man out there. Yeah. Because, you know, between Woodard and Aduro, who I think will be the second – you know, Aduro to me is the guy who's going to be the first one off the bench, I think. I think right now, if you said – Give me the rotation. Probably Aduro, Molinar. You gotta have you gotta have somebody, you know. Maybe Fizell, to be honest with you, because you might have to run some lineups where Fizell and Perry play at the same time, so you can rest. Uh, you can rest to do some because you don't really have a, a great backup center unless Quentin Post can make a big yeah. uh, impact as a true freshman. Yeah, that, that that tournament, by the way, is the Myrtle Beach Invitational. Myrtle Beach. It is in Conway, South Carolina. Well, there you go. It's home, so, of, home of Coastal Carolina, I believe. So there you go. Yeah, it's also the same. Is it the week of the art of the Abilene Christian game? Is that correct? Uh November twenty first. Yes. So yeah, we should push to go to that because who wants to go watch the Abilene Christian game? <laughs> like this, this is more interesting. We're jumping all over the place here, but who cares to bye week? I am, I am interested to see how the season goes and what the attendance is at the Abilene Christian game. <laughs> well, first off, we know that's an 11 a.m. kick. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be low. Maybe maybe it's cold for the first probably, time. Probably will be cold. Possibly. So, and you, you got Alabama. You got to remember that's sort of the same thing that happened. Uh, uh, dang, I can't remember. The Kansas State game, that's that's the that's the middle game, right? Alabama, people are coming to that. 
Ole Miss, people are coming to that. Abilene Christian, that might be the weekend people say, no, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, and of course Ole Miss is only like, what, four days after? It's, it's or on five Thanks- days after It's that. on Thanksgiving, so, yeah. So so people be coming to Star for, what, twice exactly, in the yeah. five days? That, yeah. that's, 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 that's trouble. That's trouble for attendance. It's going to be bad. Um, but anyway. Running through this MSU basketball non-con schedule here. Yeah, I mean, you know, they've got some it, – it's sort of similar to last year. They're playing some tournament teams. That team, uh, they play in Jackson, the New Mexico State game. Mm-hmm. That is a tournament team. Uh, they play a couple teams in that tournament, hopefully. Uh, they've got another one, too. I can't remember. Get Kansas State, get get some revenge for the football game. You get that in the Never Forget Tribute Classic. In, we will never forget <laughs> how they embarrassed us here at Davis Wade Stadium. That'll so. be on December the 14th in So, in yeah, Newark. you've got some opportunities there to get your young players minutes. And then when Nick comes back, you should be all systems go. You do have the Big 12 Challenge game. You're going to Oklahoma for that one. A lot going on with this team. A lot of questions on the back end. But let's say this for sure. You've got potentially two all-SEC guys in your starting lineup. Perry is one. I think Woodard can be one. I'm excited. Robert Woodard is the player I would say I'm the most excited to watch this season. Because I think I anticipate a big jump. He showed at times last year he could be a real difference maker. And I think State may have had two or three more wins had they, you know, we, what was it, the LSU and the Ole Miss games where they just put Woodard on the bench and just forgot just about like him. He was not on the team and, almost. And ben, ben just came out and said, I just, that's on me. And I'm like, well, I mean, I know that it's on you, but how does that happen? <laughs> and so we'll see. But it, I think Woodard could take a big step. I think Tyson Carter is going to be very solid. And Adu is just what he is. You just need to get seven, eight points, five or six, seven rebounds out of him, and, and everybody's cool. You know, and let him play some defense. He'll, that's all you really need out of him. And then my only concern with the starters is that when Weatherspoon comes back, he tries to do too much to make up for lost time. You know, he's got to be a team player at that point, you know, especially if he's the point guard. He is a not, very much a non-traditional point guard. Sort of reminds you, I don't think he's as talented, but like what Jamont Gordon was. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, big physical guy. He can barrel into the lane. He's a good enough shooter, but he's not a true point guard in any sense of the word. So, but that said, in this day and age of basketball, you know, sort of everybody plays everywhere. So, we'll see how it works out. Well, you're, def- you're definitely better with Nick than without. Yeah, there's, there's no doubt. I'm about excited that. about this team, but at the same time, I have a lot of questions, and I don't know that I'll have answers to them until we're maybe you know two months in. To be honest with you, so we'll see what happens. All right, we'll talk about women's basketball tomorrow. It'll be fun. That team, they got questions too. They're still going to be really good, but they got questions. Yep. All right. And speaking of questions, delay yours a day. Out there yeah, don't forget, line. yeah, bring that up one more time, that uh, we uh, we will be doing the rumblings on our Thursday show. So send those questions in on Wednesday. And that's the show we're going to talk about baseball. So if you got any baseball-related questions related to this upcoming season, or if you want to talk, you know, reminisce about last year and some of the big moments, what were our favorite moments of that, that season, by all means, send those questions in. Yes. All right. Uh, picks time. Still two games up on Joel. Joel, I've never... I, I, I don't know what we can do to make people happy about the way we pick games. I don't know what we can do. Well, first do. of all, if you stress over the way we do the picks on this show... I hate to see you with a go, real problem. Go play with your children or something. Yeah, something. Re- reprioritize your life. It's not yeah. that big a deal. Yeah. Joel is... Because either deal. way this, this picks things ends up, it's a game between Brian and I, and we're going to eat well either way. Yeah. So yeah. the only question is, who's footing the bill? Exactly. So, so, anyway. We only have five games this week. Three of them we're going to agree on. We will agree on Utah State LSU. Yes. We will agree on Troy and Missouri. We will. And a conference game, but we will agree on it, Georgia at Tennessee. 
Uh, yeah, the Vols are really going to roll in that one. I'm just kidding. Yeah, we're, we're going to agree on that. <laughs> you heard him, folks. I'm writing it down. <laughs> he took Tennessee. Never mind. All right, so only two games to pick. Let's do the uh, the easy. Let's do the one of them really easy, to be totally honest. So let's do this one. Number seven, Auburn at number 10, Florida. That is college game day. Uh, they will be there this weekend. That is your uh, CBS game of the day. Huge, huge matchup. This, this to me, is the top two teams, the number two teams in each division. No, I'll, I'll take that back. I still think Auburn's third best. I think they're behind I LSU they're and Alabama. But they could t- jump up a notch if they were able to go on the road and beat Florida. So, Joel, you know what? I'll pick first because that's what everybody's like. Hey, that should go first. I'll go first. I already know what I'm going. Do, we, do you want to just do, you want to do the paper rock scissors thing before we say it at the same time? So it's one, two, three, and then you go. So instead of saying four, we say the team. Say the team. Ready? One, one two, three. Florida. Florida. We got a difference. We got a difference. We'll take the Gators at home. I'm going Tigers. I just. I like Florida's defense. They'll, I like Auburn's defense. I do too. Oh, this will be a low scoring <laughs> game. At, at home, I'll take I'll take the Gators. I'm going to go with uh, with Auburn. Okay. I, I think that they're not as good as they looked against Mississippi State. That is true. But I think they're better than Florida. So that, that's just where I'm at with that. I, I, Auburn's looked really impressive. Yeah. Uh, they, no, they they've have. Auburn, they've I mean, looked much better than me. Um, much better than I thought they would, I should say. I don't think that the Florida win over Kentucky is now all that a big deal. That's it. I don't know that the, the Auburn win over Texas A&M is all that great of an right. win anymore. So, I mean, you can kind of – yeah. You, you Auburn, has, kind of Auburn has the best win. They beat beating Oregon. Yeah, you, you've got two teams in a similar spot here yeah. a little bit. I don't. It is in Florida, so I understand your pick. So but I, I'm going Auburn. It, do it. Look at it like this: better quarterback, probably Auburn. Bo Nix is better than Trask. Better coach, Mullen. Mullen. Where's the game? Florida. I'm I'm going with the Gators. All right, but remember now that that great coach Mullen. Here, here in Starkville, he didn't win very many of these big games like this. So. Now, I, think, I, think he's, I think he'll be okay. I think he's, he's past that now? No, I don't know that he's past it. He'll still lose to Georgia and, and LSU, but I think he's going to win this one. Well, All we right. got a difference. So, right. people, are you happy now? We'll do the same thing here. The night game on uh, on Saturday night. Vanderbilt is at Ole Miss. Here we go. Hold on, let me think. Because right. I'm not 100% sure which way I'm going as we sit here. Okay, ready? Uh, let, let me uh, – it's at Ole Miss. Yeah. It's Vandy. It's in Oxford. Say when. I'm ready when you are. Go. One, One two, two, three. three. Ole Vanderbilt. Miss. All right. Two. We're, we really may. We're either gonna. We're either gonna be. Either I'm gonna be way out in front, or we're gonna be tied at the end of this week. You got to go with Ole Miss, really? Yeah. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, let it be said that Joel T. Coleman puts his faith in Matt Luke. I just don't. I don't know, man. I don't. I don't like Vandy at all. I don't either. But and and, and Ole Miss. I know I'm swayed. They a can bit. run the ball. And, and, and I know that Alabama kind of you know messed around there and let Ole Miss kind of hang with them in the first half more so than Ole Miss earned it, but. Maybe I'm swayed a little bit by that. I don't know. I just. I think that, you know, Derek Mason having some a full games film on John Rice Plumley makes a difference. So, and I, I mean, I don't expect there to be a big crowd in Oxford to provide a lot of home field advantage. And, uh, you know, Vandy can run the football, and I think they'll be able to, to run the ball on Ole Miss. And, you know, they, that's, I just feel better about them. So, 
I'm going to go with the Commodore. So either tied or down four will be Joel's. Well, I mean, we could say the same here. I guess we could say the same. Yeah, we could, we could, we split, could them. split them. Yeah. yeah. But we got some intrigue this week. We finally do, yeah. All right, good. Tomorrow's show is women's basketball. We'll talk about that. We talked to Joe Moorhead uh, Tuesday night. So why don't we just Do go Do we ahead. officially know that yet, yeah, by the way? it was in the email. Yeah. Is it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I say, Joel, let's record after we talk to Moorhead. Let's, we'll do an evening recording. Brian, I've got an idea. Yeah. After we talk to Moorhead, can we record after that? I like your idea better than mine because okay. it had more words. <laughs> so we'll talk to Moorhead and get his thoughts on what's coming up, plus uh, anything else he has to talk to us about. And we'll talk women's basketball tomorrow's show. Don't forget the rumblings. One day back. Don't send us your questions just yet. Send them on Wednesday for Thursday's show. For Joel T. Coleman, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.